0: Yeah! Oh Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is so hard to believe that today is the last trading day of the month of January. As we can say, it's going to fly by pretty fast. Having said that, an interesting trade that we see within the grain complex today. We know that corn in some areas, especially on the cash grain size, we saw it drop about a dime. Soybeans, on the other hand, had another great, strong, positive day. And the wheat market, well, <laughs> it's the wheat market. What do we say about wheat at this point? They've got some definite struggles of their own taking place in this complex livestock side the flip side a lot of green on the screen for the cattle and the hogs as well Though we did see some mixed numbers kind of filtering in there so there's a lot of things that we're going to look at to start out this week as we take a look at it all mike Zuzalo joins me he is with global commodity analytics and and mike on a monday a little bit of divergence going on in this wheat and corn what are you seeing for the trade
1: Well, the trade today, it's really interesting because wheat, um, in terms of commentary and thoughts by traders or those related more to the day trade in Chicago, specifically, Susan, were more in the mindset that the, the, the pullback in wheat was coming from not just more rainfall, snowfall potential in the U.S. Plains, but a pullback in fear of a Russian invasion of Ukraine with the idea that Someone said somewhere that Russia was probably not going to do anything until after the Beijing Olympics. And be that as it may, the big thing I wonder about is if that's the case, why is crude oil up 1.5% and why did natural gas go up 5.5%? Why didn't all of them pull back and it's the same type of mindset? So that makes me really question about the wheat pullback. And that, what I'm driving at here is a bigger point that. Wheat is still my leader long term in terms of price trend for 2022 in both grains and oil seeds. Clearly, it's going to be more important in the corn market than it will be the soybean market uh, in times. But I think in the big picture, because of the way the funds play this role as they play nowadays, and because of the U.S. Plains drought that we still have, uh, even some rain in some parts of the Plains drought areas, coming here in the next 16 days or snow um, is not going to clear up the situation nearly enough. So I think wheat really needs to be watched closely. My, my sense is is with the dollar down three-quarters of a percent as we go into the close, Here on Monday's trade, as you said, the end of the month, I think wheat found end of the month profit-taking, and I think that was probably led by it catching up to commodities like copper. And copper and wheat have had a very strong relationship with one another, and that relationship's founded upon Chinese demand mostly. So I think there's maybe something brewing underneath the scenes here that we don't know quite yet. And maybe it is Russia, but I didn't see the energies pull back.
0: You know, you talk about this wheat market, and, and we've been closely watching the dryness that has happened in, in the plains and the fact that we've seen a lot of cattle coming off of wheat stocks at this point because it is so extremely dry. Now this snow front that's going to be moving in, is there some possibilities of that building into the way we see this trade on the wheat as the wheat goes on and the snow possibilities happen?
1: Yeah, I think what we want to watch real carefully here is where the snow line comes in at, because if this snow comes in as expected, I mean, where I used to live in north central Indiana, you know, 10 or so years ago, they're looking at 22 inches of snow, Illinois the same amount. And so I think it's really crucial to think about the spread of the hard red wheat minus the soft red wheat. And I think that's where the soft red wheat probably has a lot more to lose fundamentally speaking, if its weather pattern improves and they get this kind of snowpack. Because of 22-inch snow, it's probably likely a given, especially that they've had these really strong clipper cold air outbreaks pretty much all winter long. That 22 inches is probably going to last the rest of winter if they get that much. So I think it could be really a scenario where the hard red wheat and the spring wheat really come into play more in the spread trade. And it's not as easy to see the whole rising tide lifts all boats unless the dollar's weaker. Um, Russia runs out of wheat. And, you know, one thing about on the previous comment that I think really played a role here is Argentina had a stupendous uh, export month last month on wheat. So I think that competition factor is back in the wheat market playing its role as well.
0: A little competition, though, right now is a good thing.
1: Yes, and I think this is where it's good uh, from the feed standpoint and the livestock uh, ranchers not having to deal with too high a feed cost, poultry flocks, uh, hog feeders. But keep in mind that soft red wheat minus corn came down to about 136 uh, on lead month futures. That's a good number from a standpoint of breaking below 150. A bushel, because that maybe opens the door up. And typically, what I've been told by livestock feeders and and larger operators and in, in the uh, uh, facilities that uh, run uh, animals through, you know, pretty much all the time when it comes to buying animals, feeding them, and then getting them into the processor. In other words, the horizontally integrated companies. Um, you get below a dollar twenty-five in the wheat corn spread, soft red wheat minus corn that really starts to attract some attention on the wheat side. And it would also probably start to attract some attention from Asian feeders to go over to wheat away from corn. So this is where it's good for the feeder, but be very careful if you're a corn trader here, uh, if you don't get wrapped up in maybe another downdraft in the wheat if we continue to break that spread.
0: Look at the, uh, the soybean side. Is it a good time to be doing some hedging?
1: Yeah, I think this is where I wrote a really detailed copy last night on the weekend thinking about... How do I protect my base price for February? Because there's a trend line in November beans all the way back down around 1245. Well, after today's close of almost 1370, you're talking about a dollar and a quarter lower practically at this point. And we're just now getting ready to start February. So I think there's some decent risk management positions you can put in in terms of serial options that are based off of November. They don't have quite the liquidity I'd like them to have right now, but I still think they're worth the risk when it comes to locking in a 13 or 13 and a quarter hedge on the floor on the futures for November futures. Because, Susan, the IMF came out just this past weekend and said China's growth has been slashed from 5.7% this coming year of 2022 down to 4.8%. This is because of their infrastructure, this is because of their real estate, this is because of their command economy. It's really slowing their economy down to the point where going below 5% could really do some damage to them.
0: right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the Monday version of the final, Final Bell on the World Radio Network.
1: As you talk to your local Fontenelle hybrids dealer, they'll tell you our product lineup is second to none. Here's Eric Wassinius with Peterson Livestock near Oxford, Nebraska.
0: I think a lot of it is as far as what
1: really makes Fontenelle stand out is our product lineup. Um, we've got things that'll fit in pretty much any environment or situation that we run into in uh, central Nebraska. To find out more about products or how you can become a Fontanelle hybrids dealer, go to Fontanelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticides. VN.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, can, can, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzlo, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. And before we jump into the livestock side but Mike, I wanted to look at the energy side. Do you have any nervousness considering what's happening globally and as producers are making those plans for spring planting, which will be here before we know it, knowing that there's some possible increases in these input costs, even more than what we've got going on right now?
1: Yeah, that's going to be a concern. I'm going to have all the way through into the springtime. I'm I'm telling clients and have been for quite some time not to expect any kind of big pullbacks in the fertilizer, chemical side of the equation until we get into the planting and probably post planting. Um, as far as the the fuel, I think you know if you didn't lock it in a month or so ago, uh, it's probably one of those things where you probably could get some hand of the mouth hand-of-mouth buying done here um, for the ne- cover the next 30 days or so and then you know keep a close eye on it but <clears throat> this is one of those things Susan where 2022 we've talked about how volatile it's going to be and how it could be historically volatile and everything that's developed since we talked at the end of 2021 it's only gone more that direction so we don't know the upside price objectives when we have Um, something going on that is potentially a tectonic shift in terms of Europe and Asia and some of these things, because our global economy has really never, ever faced this. And to dial it down a little bit in terms of real-time commodity analysis, I think a recession is highly likely in 2022 if the Fed raises rates too aggressively. Um, We can't take high wages. We can't take a long COVID sickness because of what it's doing to our supply chain and what it will do to our consumption. We can't take high energy prices like we're dealing with, and we can't take um, a supply of fiscal money like tax breaks going away very quickly. So if the Fed comes in too harsh, it could be coming in right when we start on our stall speed, and all of a sudden we have U.S.-China, the two largest economies of the world, stalling out at the same time. And the central banks not helping actually may be hurting us. So this is where there is downside in these markets. I'm, I'm not saying that as much for corn because of the feed side of the equation and the competition. But for beans and wheat, you know, we really do have to keep an eye on this.
0: Look over to uh, switch over to the livestock side as you and I are recording this. Obviously, the, the inventory report is coming out. But this is kind of one of those big reports that sets the tone for the rest of the spring for the cattle market.
1: Yeah, it really is because we could see more liquidation because of where this drought is. Canada's producers or ranchers are already talking about more liquidation by spring because they're running out of forage. We know we're running out of forage down in this part of the country and especially down south into Oklahoma and Texas. So more liquidation, and and that could actually bump the numbers up. Uh, in the coming months for placements on feed and that may, that kind of swells the July one cattle inventory report. So today's numbers are very important. I think it's going to be similar to 2010. My numbers are about 92.7 million on all cattle and calves. That's 99% of where we were last January. Beef cows that, and the heifers that have already calved, um, looking at about 30.85 million. That's 99% as well. Um, what we're looking at is if the drought would mysteriously end, Uh, maybe we would get to the point where we start to retain more and not have to liquidate more. And that's where the drought is so important from a variety of reasons. And if we continue to liquidate, expect those corn prices to be not a friend to the feeder, but really a kind of an enemy to the feeder. So get your corn locked in if we start to see this drought not go away.
0: And lots of things to think about because obviously the drought concerns and, and so many folks are saying this is just a repeat of, of 2012, which for our sake, I hope not because it definitely was a struggle for not only our, our grain growers, but our livestock producers as well.
1: Yeah, I remember talking about that with uh, you and Brad on the last Nebraska Soybean Board video. And, you know, that's where we made that major cycle low on Jan 1 numbers in 2014 of 87.7 million head. And that's been the lowest we've ever seen. So this is the type of thing we're looking at as far as how dramatic it could be one way or the other.
0: This week, can we see some steady to lower cash? I know that's been some of the preliminary talks on a Monday.
1: Yeah, I'm dubious of that. I actually felt like the Packers are short-bought. They were short-bought last week. We saw those dress weights go down a dollar, or excuse me, a pound. Um, It looks like to me... Given that what we're seeing in the hog sector, what we're seeing with the recovery in the equities markets, I would think the cash market would find the most support of all. Um, futures markets are real crucial to watch here in the cattle. We got up close to that uh, April, uh, got up to around 145 area, um, thanks to the February getting close to that January 3rd high of 14040 Feeders got up to their, or trying to get up to their gap from January 3rd as well, right around 166. So these are a couple numbers that I'm really going to be watching to probably pull some hedge triggers, get some 30-day marketing done since I've been trying to run current and and not uh, go too crazy on hedges at this point.
0: Lots of things that we need to look at, and welcome to the month of February, Mike. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Well, the best way is go to the website. I've got a couple seminars coming up, one uh, both in February, one in northeast Kansas, uh, one up by you folks in Grand Island that's invitation only. So go to the website, globalcomresearch.com, take a look at the daily copy. Sign up for the daily copy, get a trial password, and take a look at the website calendar.
0: All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, commodity futures involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontanel Final Bell, brought to you by Fontanel Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio.